When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Norm Green is moving the Minnesota North Stars to Dallas. The deal was confirmed after the Dallas City Council held a special executive meeting today to look over the details of the deal, and it became official when negotiators for the city and the North Stars signed on the dotted line. Who was that reporting there? Is that a local? That was uh, TSN from TSN. 1995. Oh, really? Canada? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was there. I was there for the uh, announcement in Dallas, and... Uh, they they had what they said was an emergency city council meeting to come up with a to go through the paperwork it took about seven minutes and then they then they came out into this Man. room and held the uh, little news conference and Norm there was uh, there were as many reporters there from Minnesota as there were from Dallas all the TV stations were there everybody was there because he'd been hiding ever since the word got out a couple mm-hmm. months earlier that. He was going to do this. That he was going to move to Dallas. And it was a, it was a, obviously no secret. They we knew he was he was leaving, and you know the last six weeks, two months of the season, it was they had huge crowds so people could go out and shout "Norm sucks" at Met Center, <laughs> and uh, that just became the the chant and T-shirts and everything. But he never did any new press conferences here, so we were all there trying to. Uh, to get him to, to say get something answers, about yeah. leaving Minnesota, and uh, he was uh, he was not in a really uh, too good a mood when he, he thought he was there for a celebration, and then he comes in the room and it's all Minnesota reporters. Norm, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, it was uh, yeah, it was this day in 1993, 25 years ago today, May 9th, and uh, it was uh, it. How old were you in 1993? 14 years old. I'll never forget you were 14. it. I was. Okay. How I, old were you, Manny? I had just turned nine. Okay, I was so in the guys, third grade. I was going to say I thought you might be younger than that, so you were uh, like, just think how devastated young Will Reavers would be. Oh, if, I was if, just if the wild. were moving. I out was of just going to say that same thing because c- you keep didn't in mind, give a damn about the North. Oh yeah. Did oh, but, well, keep in mind this was two years off of a Stanley Cup yes, run. That's right. That's true. You know, everybody was if kids my age. We didn't remember eighty one. We were way too young to remember eighty one. But ninety one was fun. Well, we were, you know, what you, was fun about it is they stunk. Right? You know, they were like they won. <laughs> they I think they won twenty seven out of eighty two or something. Stumbled into the playoffs. The eighty seven run great. for the Twins really was, I think, Minnesota's first. At least from my perspective, Minnesota's well, first. One, it was crazy. I was in treatment, but it was crazy. But but ninety one. <laughs> hear the. Yeah, I could hear the screams all across the uh, alcoholic ward. The so. 91 <laughs> run was ahead of the Twins' World Series appearance. So I think it was 
the, the, the entire state, at least from my perspective, oh, everybody, yeah. everybody was in on that. I, I and, really believe. Of course, the great thing was that uh, Norm built himself late in that season when they started. Might have even been at the start of the playoffs. He got a crew in there. Did you go to any games? Oh, yeah. That postseason? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He got the crew in there and up there in one corner, which had some seats, Manny, in the old Met Stadium. Mm-hmm. He built a like a box, a suite, you know, with a bunch of chairs in it. And and he sat up there. Dark Man got in there with him once. <laughs> and uh, he sat up there with his wife, Kelly, whose real name was Dolores, but she went by her middle name because Dolores Green didn't sound too good for her. And uh, and he'd sit up there and he'd get a celebrity to sit there. But then the crowd, as the Stanley Cup run continues, it starts chanting, Norm, mm-hmm. Norm. And he'd wave like Nero, you know, and he was waving <laughs> to everybody. And he was a he was a hero. And it's amazing that two years later, we hated oh, him. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I could ever understand, Pat. It, because the entire reason that he, at least the reason he gave that they, they moved was they were trying to figure out a stadium deal. The, 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 the arena deal. The arena deal. But, but here's what I never understood. The Wolves had agreed to build Target Center. Why was there well, never? Target Center was already built. But why why was that not ever an option, I guess is what I'm trying to say, for the Stars and the Wolves to use a shared facility? Well, because the Target Center was basically privately financed by Marvin Hart. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, we, we wouldn't, I heard Judd and Phil talking today, we wouldn't build you an outhouse back then. Sure. We wouldn't build you anything. You know, the Metrodome was paid for, you know, the mm-hmm. cheapest building ever built. Mm-hmm. And everything we did was, you know, the Met Stadium was cheap. Everything we did... Didn't cost us a nickel. And uh, Marvin Harve, of course, they would have let him come down and play, but they wanted to get a hunk of all the advertising for the North Stars. And, Concessions and the other and thing else. is they built an arena without a hockey press box in right. it. And it was, you know, up there in the boondocks. And Norm, I think when they looked at the numbers... They basically found out they wouldn't make a hell of a lot more money than they were making at Met Stadium. So he, uh, I mean, at Met Center. Sure. So he just said. Plus, then what really happened is the sexual harassment stuff started coming out and the wife started uh, getting very upset. And the legend is that she said, let's get the. she, She grew to hate Minnesota and the Minnesota media and everybody because we were, because these reports on Norm Mm -hmm. were coming out. And uh, she wanted out, too. She just wanted to that's, leave. That's what it became. Was there anyone back then, whether it was either 93 or maybe the year or two leading up to that, that ever proposed an offer to purchase the North Stars? Or was that not ever even thought of well, as an the, option? The, what's amazing is that we let, after the guns, first of all, this is hockey paradise, right? And mm-hmm. all the rich guys love hockey. First of all, we let the Guns get the team when they merged with Cleveland, right? Right. And now the Guns were selling them for a pretty legitimate price, and no Minnesota buyers showed up. Nobody showed up. So Norm should have never gotten a chance to buy it in the summer of 90. I don't know where the Minnesota rich guys were. They just There was no interest yeah. for the purchase no, of it. They didn't, uh, you know, so they end, up, they end up getting Howie the hairdo Baldwin, who had no money? Yep, and his his pal was a guy named Morris Belsberg, and then they brought in this guy as a as a Norm Green as a as a partner, and pretty soon he was the only guy that had money, so he ended up with the team. I just remember 
the North Stars leaving in 93 because I wasn't really, I mean, I remember them as a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember them being here, but I wasn't really into the NHL then until mm-hmm. maybe a couple of years after they left. And as a kid, there was no, when I started getting into the NHL, there was no NHL team here. Right. So that's how I ended up being like a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, with like <laughs> Chris Gratton and Roman Hammerlick and those guys back yeah. then. But what was great though, Manny, is you know, I swore off hockey. I said, because baseball is no, my favorite sport, but, you I, and John. but I swore off <laughs> hockey. And what was great was a lot of, because our school back then, Pat, the Faribault Junior High School, we had anti North Stars Day. Oh, really? So everyone wore their shirts and we put like oh, lines really? through it. And really? I, really? I have did a photo somewhere. Did the teacher come up with that or the students? It was did it? either a student no, inspired? It was a teacher, you know, one of the. Student council represent yeah. whatever, but it was a, it was a teacher inspired deal. But everybody got to wear that, and some kids took liberty with some of the language oh, used. Okay. On their yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, well, Norm, it was funny when Norm first came here. You know, they in 1990, it was a disaster. He had because the, attendance the, was down and everything, oh, right? Oh, it was brutal. It was, it was the North, the hockey, the basketball team was new. They yep. were playing in the. They were playing their second season, but their first in Target Center. They sold out every game, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the the North Stars were completely on the back burner. They were playing. I've said this before, and I have to look up the date, but they played Montreal in the first month or so of the season and drew less than five thousand people wow. for the Canadians. And Norm called me, and I told and that him, was... Norm called me at eight o'clock in the morning the next day, basically weeping, asking. Sage old hockey guy, me. What? What am I going to do here? And I said, hey, Norm, I think you got the wrong guy. And that uh, was during the Canadians. That was during their oh, run right. with yeah, Patrick Waugh yeah. and those guys, right? Yeah, everybody just kind of giving up on them. Wow. And then, then, I, then that's where that you know the they didn't draw all year. It was just when they got the playoff run going. So let me ask you this. And again, this is all hindsight's twenty twenty. Had the North Stars found a way to salvage it, build a beautiful arena on West Seventh and St. Paul. Would it have been the boon that the Minnesota Wild have been for the past 18 I years? I don't think they would have had the uh, leeway that this team has. I, th- I think this team, because we lost a team, uh, this team is, has got more loyalty than the North Stars would have had. If the North Stars would have never left, there wouldn't have been the hunger that that developed wild. over yeah. seven yeah. years yeah. without yeah. hockey did, here. Did Norm had to win? Yeah. Did Norm still own the team when they won the cup in '99, no. no. or had he, he had sold, sold it by then? by then? But I think he had a piece or something. They he sold to the guy him. the the guy that owns the baseball team, right? Didn't he? Was buy? Hicks the first guy? Hicks. Oh, yeah. Hicks. That's yeah. right. Okay. Is yeah. uh, Patrick? Is he burning in hell right now? No, he's still well. He's still alive. <laughs> no, he's still uh, got a reservation. <laughs> he needs to keep there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Kenny was one of those at Met Met Center, huh? Not, I, know I won't is, let that go. I, I, I will I know I'm with is, Kenny. Yep. All I know is I knew some of the young ladies who worked at the office, and they wore tennis shoes, man. They wanted to be able to run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're right about the Wild versus the North Stars. I think the Wild got, has more loyalty, and that was created by the absence of yeah. the North is Stars. It, is part of it just the fear that well, part you know, of we're never going to let this happen again? Type these of thing. guys were also marketing geniuses. Right? Yeah. yeah. They got the families. Our ice. Our ice. They're geniuses. They're geniuses. The hockey doesn't matter. They're geniuses. <laughs> well, I think it's time for the fixer to enter the uh, Timberwolves fray, don't you hear? Uh, we, uh, Rick Brunson's now uh, gone. Uh, the uh, 
He submitted his resignation uh, at the uh, urging, obviously, of the Timberwolves. Uh, the Timberwolves uh, suggesting that he had inappropriate behavior with a couple of women. Uh, it sounds like one might have been a fan, isn't it? When you're kind of reading the story, really one fan. might have been a fan. Wow. Another one might have been an employee of some kind. That That's the way it sounded. But uh, he, his uh, agent insists he did nothing wrong. And, uh, of course not. Uh, and he also, there was something in uh, the New York Daily News had a story. They talked to the agent about how he had gone to human resources. Bronson had. Bronson had because somebody had uh, saying, sir, harassed him about a tweet that had been, but we, we didn't did, we didn't specify what it was, but the, the agent told the New York Daily News that he had gone to human resources on somebody else. So then if but we don't know man, woman, who who it was. If some other employee had ratted him out. If the, all of that is something. if all of that alleged is is act is is truthful, then why would he have offered his resignation? If what if what his lawyer said is true, then why would he have offered well, his resignation? They probably said that with his past, this is probably untenable, right? Because of the mm. uh, sexual assault thing that he was accused of and actually mm. had to go before a judge and got uh, got acquitted of that one or the charges, you know, they were he was declared not guilty. So, but just because of that, I would guess. I, I have no idea what the circumstances are. But I got a solution. Okay. First of all, let's look at Tibbs' assistant coaches, right? He's got four, right? I don't he's got, name he's got three left. Well, Ed Pinkney. Uh, Ed Pinkney. Okay. Uh, Ryan Saunders. Sure. Mm-hmm. And this, the, the Mike, whatever the guy's name is. Name's escaping. Callie Arulo. Uh, you got four assistants, and Tibbs basically doesn't spend a lot of time. Maybe he absorbs their advice more during the week and before the game than he does and, afterwards. Yeah. I say we hire a Brunson to replace him. <laughs> Rebecca Brunson. She's 36 years old. She's the sharpest, you know, one of the sharpest players in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. She's near the she's near the end. She's played in the league since 04 or something like that. The Lynx could have two coaches playing out to win the two Wiley veterans the same age, playing out the season. Before they went off and uh, started coaching, started coaching, she'd be ready for the opening of uh, of uh, practice. And you know what the heck? Get yourself a fourth assistant, and you know, give get your own Becky Hammond. That's that's the fixer suggestion. Rebecca Brunson, sharp gal, uh, hell of a competitor, wily veteran, knows her hoops. Everybody'd respect her. She plays defense. Team. Well, everybody on that team knows her because they're practicing in the same building up there. She plays the defense, so she'll probably she te- she, teach the boys teach, some defense. Yeah, she's a she's she guards the other team's stud, you know, the star. So yeah. that's my suggestion. That's the fixer's suggestion. That's not bad. Right. It, it it will be interesting though. Is is Becky Hammond going to get a job? Because uh, she's, she's interviewing with for the, the Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Although, I mean. Yeah, now if she the trouble is if she doesn't get a job, you're a sexist pigs. Well, you but if you're yourself. extending the invite, it, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, is it? No, no it's not. Well, been I under know, pop who, who for are they? Oh, wait, 
I got a prediction. Okay. How about just replacing came to my head. Pop? I was just going to say that. I bet yeah. Pop takes a front office role, and she might become the head coach of the Spurs. Well, with Maybe Pop. she can get Kawhi to play. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe that's how they repair the relationship with Leonard. I mean, well, and the thing with Pop, I mean, Pop, you know, unfortunately losing his wife yeah. recently. I mean, we just don't, do we even know if he's going to be back there or what? I mean, it sounds he's like he's going to be. But, yeah. He's the next Olympic coach, by Yeah, the way. that's right. He's coaching the Olympic team. Ooh. Yeah, he's taking In over for uh, Coach K. Krzyzewski, yeah. he's going to coach him for a year. Even though he's he's only four years younger than Krzyzewski, but he's 68 years yeah. old, so. Anyway, I'm not just throwing that out to be a smart aleck. I'm saying if if you're gonna if you're gonna take somebody and train them, you know what the heck. But I I mean I like the idea. But what's the likelihood of that well, actually Brunson, taking place? Brunson might have been. Brunson might have been. Uh, I don't know which one of his assistants he relied on the most. I don't know if Brunson, but he brought Brunson in from the Bulls, and Brunson didn't have a job. I know Pinkney was years. the one who talked to the media a lot, you know, in between yeah. like halftime, and mm-hmm. you know he would be the one talking to Marnie a lot. Yeah, he's probably so, the number one guy. Although he, he I might never, be, yeah. never really. I mean, and he's been around forever. So, and why? I I mean, if we got a guy teaching big guys, why is it some guy named Lagarza? Why isn't it Pinkney? Why isn't it Ed Pinkney? Isn't yeah. he the Isn't he the big guy know. coach? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard know. to tell. I mean, just from my perspective, it's hard to tell, like, who Tibbs relies on to do what. I mean, somebody, I mean, Johnny K or somebody could probably tell us. Johnny K was on today with uh, Judd and Phil, if you want to listen to it. It was pretty good. He was giving his insights. But it's uh, it's hard to say whether things are on, you know, the, the angle that this Lagarza and Cat were pals is not, I guess, the... The uh, controversy is that he was given no heads up that the guy was going to get fired. Yeah, but and the again, worry now is that Cat's going to be so mad that he's going to leave. But that's ridiculous because no, yeah. he's going to sign his first yes. extension. And, and by the way, for five years, for five. And more by years. the way, later today, actually at the start of uh, late hits, we're going to play a uh, <laughs> uh, Charles Barkley and Shaq debate that took place. Did you see on this how last night? on how players should be handled? It's pretty. It's great. It's fantastic. You can take Shaq's side and say Thibodeau has no obligation to tell Cat what he's going to do. Just play, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you can take Charles' side, where your star player, you got to have your star player. But it's great. And what is it? Two minutes? It's about a minute and a half. Yeah, about, about, 90 90 about, 90, about ninety minute seconds. And a half. It's fantastic when they get rolling. I, I love when I gotta those think two they're go buddies, but when they get rolling, it's uh, again. Jamel Hill said it's like your two uncle uncles arguing about who yeah. makes the best ribs. <laughs> yeah, it's the barbershop. Like that's yeah. that is what inside the NBA yes, is. Right, it's yeah. but it's those three guys two, in the barbershop yeah, talking. Right. Those two also know that they're showmen, and they know yes, that. Yeah, but they were this time. No, get, I, I get that, that, but they also it's it's it's. It's not going to be mad. like they're not going to be mad at each other when this is when oh, this no, is over with no. because they know that yeah we just got about six billion hits on YouTube because of this. Well, it was like Mackie and I, you know, when we right. used to argue, it Same was serious, thing. and you know, I was even though he was never correct, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, I still did. There was no repercussions. No, you know, the, 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 when the other guys. Wrong a hundred percent of the time. It's kind of annoying, but uh, you know you learn to deal never, with it. Yes, you do. Yeah. You, you you know you you 
learn to deal with easily being the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> you learn to deal with it. Yeah. We'll be back. Johnny Height, the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, manager, Terry Francoto, must be a little paranoid about his bullpen right now. Yeah. Carlos Carrasco, 14 strikeouts, 117 pitches. He goes nine innings today to get a win. Yes, he did. Yes. This update sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind where Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Twins off today. They won five in a row and uh, just a game back in the American League Central. As you heard Patrick say, the Indians beat the Brewers today behind Carlos Carrasco. Uh, the Twins will open up a four-game series on the West Coast tomorrow against the Angels. Uh, we also know now also the Sunday game will feature Fernando Romero against Shohei Otani Woo! on the mound for the Angels. Get your popcorn ready That's for that right. one. Happy Mother's Day, sweetie. We're watching the Twins game. <laughs> Uh, other games today, a Pirates, four runs in the top of the ninth, beat the White Sox 6-5. to five. Poor uh, Mighty Whiteys, man. They're struggling. They're, they're scuffling, as we say. They are scuffling. Since he beat the Mets, 2-1, to one, Adam Duvall, walk-off home run, bottom of the 10th. The Mets, uh, they stopped a rally in the first by batting out of order. So that's, oh, yes. That's not a good thing. Uh, Detroit tied with Texas right now in the 10th, 4-4. Four four. Cubs clobber in Miami, 13-3. Chris Bryant... Fastest player in Cub history to 100 home runs with his sixth home run of the season this wow. year. Beat Ernie Banks by 13 games. Really? Uh, Bryant uh, homers his 100th in his 487th game. Ernie hit his 100th in his 500th. I'll take Ernie long term. Yeah. Angels shutting out Colorado 5-zip at the moment. They're in the 7th. And Oakland is shutting out Houston one to nothing in the 7th. Houston's inning. pitching has been phenomenal, and they aren't scoring runs, which is yeah. amazing. It's uh, Cole again today, although he gave up the one run. He's mm. pitching great again, yep. which he has all season so far for him. And uh, it's now in the top of the eighth in uh, in Denver right now and on the mound for the Colorado Rockies. His name is Brooks Pounders. Nice. Oh, that's Brooks. a bad name for a pitcher. Good name for a stripper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well... Minnesota United in action tonight. You know, if you're, yeah. Sure. sure yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think it's an astute <laughs> observation. Thank you. United in action tonight. You'll hear it right here on this station. They're on the West Coast to play the Los Angeles Football Club. 8.30 pre-match, 9 o'clock kickoff on 1500 ESPN. Toronto Raptors' Dwayne Casey is the NBA's best coach this season, according to fellow NBA coaches. And he might get fired. Casey announced today as the Coach of the Year selection by the National Basketball Coaches Association. A media panel voted separately for the NBA's Coach of the Year award. That's a different award completely. That'll be announced June 25th. Today's vote's coming only from the league's head coaches. Casey said, to be honored by your peers is incredibly gratifying. I'm thankful to my colleagues across the league for this recognition. Manny, Wiggins in the number one for DeRozan. You going to do it? Wiggins in the Oklahoma City pick for DeRozan? Yeah, I'd probably do that. Yeah, I'd probably do that. Yep. Uh, by the way, since, uh, he and, uh, since he's at cross swords with them. They, they should put you two in charge. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, by the way, Tom Thibodeau did not receive any votes from the not, other coaches, not, just so you know. There's too bad Mackey wasn't on the panel. He would have voted for him. Or Corzo. <laughs> or Corzo. <laughs> uh, Red Sox lefty David Price. Corzo were- could have been in France during World War Two, and he wouldn't have had his... <laughs> Terrible <laughs> a view of Hitler as he does. 
He would have well, been had a softer view you of should, Hitler. You should be a fly on the wall when Corzo and Manny start going at it. I swear one of these days it's going to come to blows. I got to remind them both, hey, dudes, it's a sport. Nah, okay? it'll it's, never go that far. It's I a love sport. Corzo. Okay. I love Corzo. <laughs> Johnny, we got to go because right. we got uh, Anthony Chip Scoggins coming up. Chipper. Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune Sports Commons, is, is with us. So, Chip, I was writing a piece for tomorrow on uh, sort of an ode to the southern and western expansion of the NHL that everybody criticized all those years. And, yep. and now you got Nashville and you got uh, Las Vegas, of all places, and you have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have Tampa Bay being a hockey hotbed. And I was thinking about Atlanta. And it, when you were a kid, right, Atlanta yeah. was your professional sports location, right? Correct. Braves, Falcons, Great. whatever. Yeah. It's got to be the weirdest sports town in America. They had two hockey teams fail, yet they got they got 50,000 people a game going to soccer. What 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 is I I mean and they were they both are kind of the games that would have seemed to appeal to the same crowd. It it's uh, weird, man. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's an unusual town, and it's you know I could have told them hockey is not going to fly there. <laughs> I mean, just uh, now why why it's working in Nashville, uh, who knows? But it's just Atlanta's a weird town, and, and attendance tends to go and come, and you'll be packed some years for you know Braves games, and then uh, then they can't sell tickets other side. You know, it, it's uh, it's a big market. Huge. And when when they get behind, you know, when when the Braves were, uh, you know, a great ball club and, and playing in the World Series. I mean, obviously that that was the hottest thing going, but um, but they also can fall off really quick. So I I, I just knew hockey was not going to fly there. Um, but you wonder but, if they'd ever had a run, you know, where they got to the Stanley Cup Finals or something, and somebody got in the bandwagon. It might have worked, you know, for a while. I think anyway. it'd been temporary. Yeah, yeah. for a while. Yeah. Temporary. I mean, everybody. Any market, when you have unexpected success, they're going to jump on that bandwagon. But I think um, it would jump off pretty quick uh, if it turned down. But, but you know, the, the national one is interesting in that even if they this this run that they're on, let's say they fall off the map here for the next couple of years, I think they'll be able to sustain this for a while just because there's a connection with that that city right now with with hockey. That's um, it, I would never have predicted it. I got to be honest with you because I have. My brother lives in Nashville, and I have a bunch of relatives down there, and they wouldn't know a hockey puck from a football um, <laughs> five years ago. But they have completely bought in, and they're nuts about it right now. And and let's you know, if the team turns bad, maybe that'll wane a little bit. But I, I tell you, they're they're nuts about it. They have parties for these for Preds games, and they go downtown on Broadway and hang out there. It's just it's it's crazy how much that city loves and, uh, and, that team right now. And there's no winter competition. I mean, Vanderbilt, who cares? Yeah, Vanderbilt basketball. There's no winter competition. You're you're in a town that's uh, you know only got two of the professional sports, and uh, you got the Titans. That's that's one of the big advantage. I was one. I was looking at Carolina and saying, okay, Raleigh-Durham, they won a cup in 06, and now nobody, their attendance is terrible. But then I was thinking, okay, 
In the winter, you got North Carolina basketball, you got Duke basketball, yeah. and you got those rednecks from NC State who always <laughs> think they're getting robbed and not getting enough publicity. And you know, you, that's kind of the that's kind of the crowd that would go to watch the fights in a hockey game. They are little mm-hmm. all Wolfpack fans. So actually, that's a very competitive town, even though they don't have any other professional sports. Yeah, and it's um, and I, I do think for a while there, Carolina, their attendance was good. Yes, and, yeah. and and I don't know what it is now. I mean, they they've obviously gone through a cycle of uh, being bad, and I think they're they just hired a new coach uh, today or yesterday. But um, yeah, it's, it's comparable. You know, it's funny the way I was thinking about the the Preds and the way um, that community has embraced him. It sort of reminds me of the way Portland is with with the Trailblazers. Yeah, in right. that uh, a smaller. Uh, Community city, but you know, kind of a one t- uh, town thing, and and people just latch onto it. Um, but it's you're right when you look at the way Nashville's going, Vegas. Obviously, we'll see how long they sustain that um, as being the hot ticket. But uh, in Tampa, I mean, it, it, it's a different it, it's a different event. But when I went down there a couple years ago, when the Gophers were in the uh, Frozen Four, man. People came out for that. I oh mean, yeah, was, they they packed, they, they are they are a true hockey market now. The other thing though is okay, the NBA is made for Vegas, right? But the right. NHL beat them there, and now yeah. the NHL is going to beat them back to Seattle. How the NBA ever let Seattle leave for Oklahoma City is beyond me. How can you do that? There's uh, you you were in Seattle for forty one years. I know, I know. It's, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. Don't you think eventually one of these teams is going to wind up, or one of these leagues is going to wind up in Kansas City? And yeah, now, yeah. Why wouldn't the they move the Phoenix uh, hockey team to Kansas City? You know, I mean, that's well, a, they built they built that arena under the assumption that they're they're going to get one league, either yeah. the NBA or, or NHL. Now, my understanding is they have a lot of events there between concerts and different things, but uh, you got to imagine they're going to want a, a tenant, and they're a full time tenant, and so um, it. it you know, having my wife grew up in Kansas City and I've been there a lot, it strikes me more as an NBA town because of the yeah. college basketball connection. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the NHL sometimes uh, somehow tries to get in there. Yeah, that's that is true. So uh, our uh, Timberwolves, uh, uh, just about the time that people were uh, calming down about uh, uh, getting taken out in five games by Houston because they're watching everybody else getting taken out by five games, they come up with another uh, blip on the radar here with uh, Rick Brunson getting run yeah. off as an assistant and three other guys getting fired. And uh, they uh, they can go about what? What's their longest streak uh, with? Uh, <laughs> With good news, maybe four or five days, maybe that's yeah. about it. It's amazing. If that, and, and even if it is good news, we'll find a way to rip Tibbs. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be, uh, in spite of him, that will be the narrative. Um, yeah, it's, and, and you know what? This this offseason is going to be a lot of news filled with that team because um, I, I got to imagine they're going to try to do something. Uh, significant with that roster because I yeah. they clearly got a, a big gap to make up and I don't think you can come back mostly intact and think that you're going to be able to to bridge that gap to where Houston and, and Golden State are. So whether it's trading Wiggins or or somehow trying to you know figure out their money situation, which they don't have a whole lot of wiggle room because of their salary cap situation, but um, I got to imagine they're going to stay in the news this whole off season because hey, you know what. 13 years of losing didn't drive people's passion away or drive them away. Now it's almost made people more invested in the team for some reason. And they're, uh, everyone's angry with everything that the Wolves are doing right now. Um, 
so they're, they're, I think it's going to be an interesting um Newsy offseason for them. Dwayne Casey uh, might get fired in Toronto if he doesn't. Uh, he just got named Coach of the Year by his peers, yeah. by the way. But if he doesn't, and uh, DeRozan apparently uh, not not happy about uh, not playing that much as they were fading down the stretch. Hey, I say Wiggins for DeRozan, and we'll throw him the number one too. Let's do it. Well, both markets are probably. Uh, ready you know, for a change. Ready for a change for both yeah. those guys. And both, <laughs> and both guys might be ready for a change too. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Dwayne's obviously did a great job there, and they were the number one seed. But um, yeah, they didn't show you, you up get, for Game Four. I'll tell you, when you done. get swept, and you look like that against Game Four. And, and I didn't study it uh, extensively, but it sounds like he got out coached pretty badly in that series in terms of making adjustments and all that. But it comes back to they have LeBron, and you don't. <laughs> that's, that's his number one problem. He, they were not going to beat LeBron because he's not going to lose to that team. Chip, uh, you did a piece this week on Condoleezza Rice's uh, uh, commission. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all. It, it was funny how that was covered originally because everyone almost wanted to say there was some bold actions recommended here. But there really wasn't beyond, no. uh, you know, beyond making one and done, two on two and or, or uh, you can either leave after high school or then you'd have to stay or two or three years in college, which everybody expected to be coming. And you need the NBA to sign off yeah. on that anyway. Beyond that, I, I don't see, you know, any anything there that uh, is uh, going to uh, take care of the agents and the uh, shoe companies no. trying to buy kids. No, because, I mean, you know, one of the things was we want to have harsher punishments and stiffer penalties for people that cheat. Well, yeah, I think everybody would agree with that. You gotta, and, the, and the thing is, when you don't have subpoena power, good luck. I mean, yeah. you know, people that cheat don't have to cooperate. And so until you fix that, and they're not going to get subpoena power. No. I mean, that's not. I mean, they're not going to get that. And so um, I think the biggest frustration was she mentioned in the, the, the report mentioned that, you know, they considered – uh, you know, the pay-for-play and the Olympic model, um, but decided because there's some legal stuff going on that they're just not going to mess with that um, until all that's sorted out. But to me, that's that's the crux of the issue here. And, and I'm not a proponent of pay-for-play. Um, you know, some people think, you know, there should be a salary. I, I just don't know how you do it when you pay the, you know, a, a soccer player the same much as the, as the starting quarterback. I just yeah. think it's too, too many challenges and hurdles there but i do like the olympic model and that's where much yeah, like yeah. olympic athletes get if you can go out and get an endorsement if you know mauer chevrolet wants to sponsor uh you know your starting quarterback he should be able to make some money off that i, I do like that and people disagree with that uh, but i think that's the i think that moves the needle in the right direction and would maybe eliminate some of you know the under the table money that these athletes are getting uh when they feel like they're not getting their fair share, uh, especially when you look at how big a business college sports is. How about nowadays. the NCAA's current uh, legislation that would shield uh, coaches from having to real, reveal how much money they're getting for their shoe yeah. contracts? That's ridiculous. Cause yeah, because it furthers the problem. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's the other thing is the report basically said, you know, these shoe companies are terrible. They're, they're, they're the boogeyman. Well, Look at the deals that these schools have with these shoe companies. Yes. Two hundred fifty-two million dollars is the one uh, UCLA has with, uh, or two hundred eight, two hundred eighty million dollars UCLA has with Under Armour. Ohio State has two hundred fifty million dollars with Nike, and so shoe companies and apparel companies 
keep athletic departments afloat. So you can't really, it's disingenuous to come back and say, well, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're the root of all evil. Well, hey, guess what? You're taking their money too, you know? So uh, the whole report was sort of pie in the sky a little bit. Um, and so I don't know that any real substantive changes are going to come out of it. All right, sir. Thanks, Chip. Thank you, Patrick. Talk to you, Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune Sports columnist. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? I want to hold your hand for the Beatles. Went to number one in February of 1964. The Beatles held the top spot on the Billboard Hot 100 for three and a half months. Longer than any popular artist before or since. Over those three months, uh, the Fab Four earned three consecutive number one singles. They held all five spots in the top five in early April, and they had a total of 14 songs on the Billboard Hot 100 in mid-April. But guess who knocked them off the perch? Who? May 9th, 1964, Louis Armstrong with Hello, Dolly, knocked the Beatles off the perch. That is an unlikely fella to knock the Beatles off the perch, isn't it? Especially the song, too. I mean, that's pretty cool. Hello, Dolly. I think I heard him sing that at the Super Bowl party. I told you. Really? Yeah. Louis, uh, Louis Armstrong. I, I saw him once there. Uh, it was, uh, you know, Louis Armstrong. The hotel I stayed at when I was at New Orleans last year had a statue of him right down the street sitting out in the little park Louis okay. Armstrong the great Louis Armstrong and uh yep the, but the Beatles were they like owned the world when they first played I want to hold your hand and they had how about that 14 songs on the charts that's at okay one time yeah that's pretty good right. that means that was all 14 that they'd done you know Louis what else was, is that's a lot of screaming from the yeah, audience yes too. it was yeah if you went to a concert you can never hear a word but uh uh, Louis uh, was age 63 when he uh, when he came up with that. Uh, but how about that? Uh, Louis Armstrong, May 9th, 1964. One other thing today uh, I saw happen on this day in history. L. Ron Hubbard released his uh, book on Dianetics, the Christian, the, uh, the uh, Scientologist Bible. Boy, you want to read some good, crazy fiction in that one. Check that one out. That is a good one. 